All right. Hello and welcome into the program. This is For the Win. I am Eric Winalda coming to you from the Blue Wire Studios here in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. It is a beautiful day. And that kid is beautiful right there who's walking outside. Hey, he's giving me a wave. I hope that kid has a good day. Either way, I am Eric Winalda. I am William Wallace. And I do spit fireballs out of my ass every once in a while. That's um, not true. William Wallace is seven feet tall. Ah, yes, I've heard. Kills men by the hundred. And if he were here, he'd consume the English with fireballs from his eyes and bolts of lightning from his ass. So much to get into today. I am all over the place simply because I've had, it, this is like the aftermath of Christmas. For those of you who remember when I used to brag about only being eight minutes away from this desk. We bought a house in Summerlin. So those of, for those of you who don't understand Vegas, you know, the way you, you might need to when I'm telling this story, is it's about 25, 30 minutes away. So now I got a little bit of a commute. It's a beautiful drive in when we've had a little bit of rain or snow or, or wind. The city looks so beautiful coming in because it's so clear. For those of you who appreciate uh, non-smog days, in my Los Angeles days, I, I used to see that all the time. Vegas is just as bad sometimes, but today was gorgeous. However, Everything that could have gone wrong in my life this morning pretty much did. It started around 4.30. Won't get into the details, but I got the little ones. So, you know, I got hit in the face with uh, something. I'm not entirely sure what it was just yet. I'll, I'll figure that out later. But my wife, the kids aren't back to school until Wednesday, which means this is my, and my, and my wife works and she goes to yoga at 5 a.m. So I've had a long morning. And uh, my beautiful producer, Cole, allowed me to come in about 30 minutes later than normal. And God bless him for that. Either way, there is so much to talk about. I don't even know where to start. We could talk about Lukaku being stupid uh, and having a couple glasses of wine and and, an ill-advised interview. Possibly we could go there. It's love affair with Milan. By the way, they don't love you over there. They're happy you're gone. You can keep saying nice things about their fans all you want, but you didn't stay. You abandoned them, and now they don't like you. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. And then, of course, we have some, some huge news. We're getting closer and closer to the crazy time of year of the, the transfer window. And some Americans are making the news. DK makes his move to West Brom, which I think is a great move. He had played at Barnsley. He had played, uh, we, we all know what he's been doing in Orlando and his short stand over the summer with the U.S. national team. But I think he had nine and 19. I think, I think that was the nine goals in 19 games. Somebody check that for me. That is correct. I'm probably right. I have a, a photographic memory, but I'm, I might be a little bit off there. But this one made sense to me, to go back to a level, a place where you're going to play, and you understand what you're getting into. You've played in this league prior to this move. You're going to make some money. Your agent's actually on your side here, and he did a pretty good job of getting this deal done. And we'll see how that all pans out. One year, then who knows? One year in England, championship level, it's great. You keep scoring goals, somebody's going to grab you, and you're going to make a couple million. But the problem that I have is Ricardo Pepe. Ricardo Pepe has been, this has been too much, too fast. And he has just made a move to Augsburg for $20 million. $20 million. Now, here's what I'm going to say about this transfer. Watch over the course of the next couple of months how this number starts to decrease. It started at 20. It's already being talked about 18. And by the time we get to two or three months in, regardless of how he plays, It'll be somewhere around 12, 13. Now, why am I saying that? Why would I? Because the perception of reality is outweighing the reality of the situation. One, I'm going to say this out loud. Ricardo Pepe is not worth $20 million. Nowhere in the world does this make sense to anybody who knows anything. 
Is this an agent who got greedy? Is this a marketing company that's attached themselves to this? Is this why every time we look at Augsburg's Twitter page, we have to see a picture of Pepe about the new American with the biggest stars? And what are you doing to this kid? He's 18 years old. He scored against Honduras. Relax. Look, I've talked to multiple people about this. One of them, actually, Jurgen Klinsmann. We're going to figure out how to have coffee in Newport next week. And this doesn't really make sense to guys like us. Now, I do get to talk about this. And the reason why I get to talk about this is because I made a move when I was 23 and everything blew up. My start in Germany was phenomenal. We had a team that did not have resources in Saarbrücken. We, were, we found ourselves in eighth place. This is back, I know this is a long time ago. This is back when you got two points for a win. Three points for a win and we stay in, by the way. But we got relegated. What does that mean? I made a move on a very low number. It was 1.8 million, I think. And that was still a lot for that small club. $20 million for Augsburg. This is not a club that goes all in. And they just went all in. Now, what does that mean when you go all in on a player? That's 18 years old who is an unproven talent. Let's just say it. He is not a proven talent. He scored 13 goals in Major League Soccer. Congratulations. It's not that what I'm worried about. What I'm really worried about is the next couple of months because he is going to be in a relegation fight. And everybody that's smiling right now are going to be throwing stuff if this thing doesn't work out. And the American mentality is, hey, you know, it's okay if you didn't score today. It's all right. You didn't score. You'll get them next time. That will not fly over there. For $20 million, this 18-year-old is going to be expected to pull a rabbit out of a hat every week. Not only is that not fair, it's not going to happen. Now, if you look at the, the history of American forwards over the course of the last couple of years with Matthew Hoppe, when his, he went to Schalke, he had an unbelievable start, three goals in his first game. This is a team that was depleted in resources, so they didn't, after Tedesco, they went through several managers, one of them being David Wagner, who, who's now in Switzerland. But he had this belief in the American player because he thought maybe, you know, maybe this is the next Christian Pulisic. He comes out of the gates with three goals in his first game, two in his second game. He's got five and two. He's going to break my record. My record was eight goals in the first 13 games. And it's it never happened. He never scored again. He had the 15 games in, and he was still living off of those first two games. And he got relegated. Josh Sargent, who has a greedy agent, ended up going to Norwich, and he very seldom plays, and he looks half the player that he used to be. But he had a, he had a club in Werder Bremen. They got relegated. Werder Bremen got relegated. It's such a massive thing. That is, I mean, most of you only pay attention to the EPL. Werder Bremen getting relegated is the equivalent of Arsenal going down. Just put that, just think about that for a second. That would have been, to that London club, that, that would have been something that no one could have, could have really, and that's what Werder Bremen is living with right now. He had a team in, in Hamburg who finally went down. It was the only team that had never gone down. It finally, they had been right on the cusp for a while. I'll tell you what's happening right now. If you look at the, the attendance and the world attendance, and you look at teams, you know, leagues like La Liga or Syria, ah, the German second division has a better attendance right now because they have Werder Bremen and Hamburg, big clubs that went down. Werder Bremen is now one of them. And the American forward was the one who couldn't deliver. So after those two experiences with Matthew Hoppe and Josh Sargent, who got a good move to Norwich, careful what you wish for. Everybody got to, these are, this is how this works. And I'm going to explain how it went for me. And I'm going to throw a couple of people under the bus. And I really don't care. But after my second year, well, after my first year at Saarbrücken, we had five injuries in one game and we had no ability to replenish. And we went down. We went down because we didn't have a squad. We actually almost lost points because we had too many amateurs on the field. We almost made a substitution 
which would have meant that three amateur players that we had to pull up out of necessity, one of them was Jorg Reeb, who ended up going to Leverkusen. We would have had three more points deducted from us, but we didn't have a team anymore. And you could blame Peter Norderer, who was the manager, who's been the manager of several clubs since, the Hanover, Bochum, he's been several places. We couldn't recover because we didn't have the talent. But here's the deal. At the end of that year, I almost went to Dortmund and my agent screwed it up, bottom line. So I ended up playing another year in the second division. I earned my way back. I had one of my best years. I had 13 goals and had one of the record-breaking assist record for, for me. I was 26 assists in the second division. I'm not sure if that, that record still stands. I hope it does. But I earned my way back. And now I got a chance to make a move. And Leverkusen was where I should have gone. But I didn't go because of my agent. My agent did a side deal with Bochum. And this is that scenario where you get talked into it. $2 million move. Right Back then, those were the numbers. This is where they come to dinner and they look at you and they say, hey, this is a great deal. And he's done a side deal with the GM. They've already had their own dinner. They're over there in the corner playing wiggle knees with a suitcase full of money. It could have been mine. They made sense of it because they were all all on the take and I got put in the wrong club for the wrong reasons. And I broke my leg in November. That's not my fault that the team got relegated, but that's two relegations on my history. I just sit back with a broken leg watching my team go down. It's terrible. I don't know which is more painful, being not good enough to help your team stay up or being hurt and having to watch them go down. So when I have empathy for guys like Ricardo Pepe, which which is what is about to happen to him, you now understand. This is not me being bitter or old or angry about anything. It's just called experience. It's really about the most important piece of this was finding the best landing spot for a young, talented player. And that is not what Augsburg now represents. Let's go backwards here, okay? Let's go backwards and let's look at a player that we are celebrating right now in Christian Pulisic and his integration to Dortmund. They did it differently. They didn't do this six, eight-week plan and say, hey, well, maybe if you get through that, we'll let you have one game. The way they do it in Germany is they basically tell him You've done it. Congratulations. We're going to put you in the 18 for the next five games. You will get time. It's the smartest way to do it for a young player. And Christian was was 16 at the time and basically said, you're going to be in the team. You're going to get some time. We're not not sure if you're going to start, but we're going to get you on the field. And they, through Michel Sorek, who was their sporting director at the time, who's phenomenal at his job, in collaboration with Jurgen Klopp and Thomas Tuchel, by the way, and David Wagner. And they decided that this is the way that we were going to do things. And that was the appropriate integration for a young player. Nobody said $20 million. <laughs> Let's take a picture, smile. Now put the shirt on and perform, kid, or else. And the first time he misses, even if he scores, he's going to score one, right? Let's say he gets one. It's going to take some pressure off for about two minutes. There's no, this is nowhere in the, in the vicinity of fair. And I know he's been hyped. And I listened to Jurgen Klinsmann a couple of weeks ago. Salazar had him on ESPN. I don't know if Hercules was in, Gomez was involved with that interview, but I did listen to his words. And his words, we need to pump the brakes on this one. He needs to go somewhere where he's going to play. He did not need the added tag of $20 million. And as I said at the beginning of this, watch how that number goes down. Because there's this little thing in Germany called the Steuerberata. Does anybody know what a Steuerberata is? It's German for accountant. What that means is when they start doing the accounting to account for where the money went, there are going to be a lot of questions. That's my prediction. A lot of questions when we get to the summer about where did the money go? 
was it ever 20 million? No, I don't think it was. Was that what it was reported? And that will be the, the narrative. It's funny how that works because in America, in, in America, we used to lie about attendance. We, we would say, you know, there, you could clearly see that there was, you know, 8,000 people at the Home Depot, but they would say, sold out, 27,000. And then they'd pack everybody on the other side and then they'd tell all the cameramen, because I was in the TV business, don't take pictures of empty seats. We will not cut to your camera if you were in this angle because we don't want to see empty seats. We are, we are selling this. But in the paper, and you read it in the next day, it would say 27,000 people were there. But everybody that was there knew different. But then they realized, why wasn't that consistent with what you reported to the IRS? Why does this not match up? And then they started having to be honest about these kind of things. The opposite happens in Europe. Well, at least it did years ago. Teams that were struggling. If there was 20,000 people, that was reported as eight. <laughs> because the Steuerberate, he was going to show up and he was going to ask questions. And he certainly wasn't going to sit in the stadium and go one, two, three, four, five, six. But it's funny how the perception of reality is far more important than the reality situation. And it, we saw this with Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds went for $7.5 million. I don't believe that number either. He goes to Roma because there's a bunch of American owners, and the Amer American ownership group is trying to set the narrative that, wow, we are producing talent out of FC Dallas. And here we go. So $7.5 How many games you got under your belt over there, kid? He's looking for a loan in the championship. That's a good agent. Get him out of there. Get him games. You say whatever you want about Tim Ream. Tim Ream's playing. Robinson's playing. They're getting games. Carter Vickers fell off the, the charts because they went, the, they went too high. Miazga went too high. He goes to Chelsea. And then it's, uh, you know. But everybody goes to Chelsea and gets loaned out. But some of these American players, you got to understand something. It's not easy. It's not easy. I'm not saying that R R Ricardo Pepe's not talented. I, I don't think that's what this is about. He is a talented young man. I just don't think that he would be able to deliver on this promise. And I don't think a lot of people could because it's just too high of a number. It's going to stick with him forever, especially if he fails. So in my story, as far as you know, my experiences in Germany, as, as valuable as those were, I learned a lot of lessons over there. He's going to experience all of that. The other part of that, you know, I know these agents are all smiling with their ties all the way up to the top, double thumbs up right now. I hope that they are going to spend some of the money that they just got out of this deal on affording Pepe a real opportunity to acclimate. He's going to need help. doesn't speak the language. Everybody speaks, not everybody speaks English, but German, to a certain extent, Germany makes a lot more sense because the language barrier isn't all the way there, but it's certainly there. There's going to be a lot of moments where they sit alone in his apartment or his hotel room as an 18-year-old kid trying to figure this out on his own. Felt that pressure. Not to the tune of 20 million, though. So I worry. I worry a great deal about that. DK's going to be a good move. That'll work out. That'll work out. England's different. England's different, especially that level for him. And does that mean that, that that's the perfect spot for him or the highest spot to, you know, we, we, we'd love to see him at, at a higher level, but it wasn't there. But this is the appropriate move for DK. So he's going to be in a good spot. I am not sold on the idea that this will all work out well for Ricardo Pepe. All right, so I guess that's that. I'm going to leave that one alone. Uh, for those of you who saw Manchester United play yesterday, I can't believe I'm going back to Ralph Rannick, but please, uh, I don't know what episode this is, go about six or seven back. And just the one that was about Ralph Rannick. And everything that I said six weeks ago is actually happening now.
I'm not trying to say, hey, I'm smart, look at me or whatever, but I'm just telling you, when it comes to the messaging and the plan that Manchester United is trying to implement, it, it may not work. It, it might, it, it, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some management. We already see guys wanting out. Marshall wants out, and it's like this is finally your shot, man. This is like the position that you've been waiting for, and you know now you now you want to bail. Fight, get back in there. Edison Cavani and and Ronaldo are the starting forwards right now. What is that? Seventy uh, three years old combined. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, what? What? Hold on. Let me start over. I do know this is what's going to happen. I'll say it again. By the time we get to June, Ralph Ryanick will be gone. It's not a good fit. It was a business decision to try and to try and balance the books. And at this point right now, even though Luke Shaw says that they have magnificent quality in this team, they don't have magnificent quality in this team. They don't. It's a very unbalanced side. And as I've said before, you're gonna, the guys that don't understand the German way, even though Chris Armas was, was experienced to the at this world this experience exposed to this, I guess is what I'm trying to say through Ralph Rannick and, and the way they do things in Leipzig. That's Leipzig, man. That ain't Manchester. Manchester United was run by one man for 20 some odd years. And they did things a certain way. And when they, they passed the torch to, to David Moyes, they thought, Hey, you know what? Just hold on to the wheel. This thing runs itself. You'll be fine. And he tried to make changes. And he kind of steered away from maybe the Sir Alex way to a certain extent. And it rubbed a couple of people wrong. And it, it, it didn't. And, and this was the beginning of trying to figure out what's the next move. Since then, they've, you know, you've had Louis van Gaal, which was an experiment at, at best. Enjoy the wine and the mince pie. Goodbye. Jose Mourinho. Three for me and two for them. Respect, 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 man, respect, respect. Another, like, what was that? And then they finally said, oh, God, we got to go back to the well. Let's just go back to something that makes sense to us here. And then Gunnar wasn't good enough because there was a bunch of European players who felt that he wasn't tactically astute enough and started complaining internally. We had the whole Super League disaster. And now we're dealing with, okay, what's, what do we make of Pogba? What do we make of Cavani? What do you make of Ronaldo? What the hell is Fred still doing there? Mata, Matic. Matic is getting some time now. They beat up on Burnley. If you watch the game, it wasn't a clear goal in there. It was a mistrapped ball by Ronaldo that McTominay just put away. It was a great shot. <laughs> it's an inch away from being a nothing, though. Whatever. It's a tap in for, you know, for Ronaldo. And they get out of their three to one. And everybody's like, wow, everything's back to normal. You come into your next game against Wolves. Everybody's complaining about the four, two, two, two. He actually changed it at halftime. He tried to go to the three back system, which was smart. But they lost in the three back system. Matinho gets the goal, but it's like, it's still not Manchester United. It's still not. I was actually on one of those uh, things on Twitter where I could listen in to all the Manchester United fans. And boy, are they pissed. And they're already having a go at Ralph. And it's, in my opinion, it's not the right fit. It's a different way of doing things. This is an accountant who came there 
to try and fix the books. Maybe he gets there. By the time he gets to June, July, they'll be looking for something else. England is a different way. It's a different culture. You know, I was listening to uh, Ian Wright talk about this, who I have an enormous amount of respect for. I got to work with him at Fox. What, he's such a character. And we all know his son uh, played in the league. But Ian was, was, was a great player in his own right. For those of you who remember that, right, right, right. It was so great. <laughs> just part of that Arsenal team that, that uh, they just were having fun. And he was a huge part of that. I mean, if you go to like the, the Burkamps or the Thierry Henrys or the Overmars, I mean, there's, there's a lot, so many great players that have put on the Arsenal shirt. But Ian Wright was terrific, terrific in his time, especially with England as well. I was listening to his comments though. And this is, this is you know, this is a guy who, who knows what he's talking about. And his, his assessment of what's happening in Manchester United, if you go watch it, go find it. I don't have enough time to regurgitate everything, but. It, it is a clear message that this is not going to work. And they're all trying to be nice because I've worked in that, that arena. I've been on television. I, I, know, I know what the narrative needs to be. I know what I want to say. And I know, I know what I can't say. And, I, and there's something about being on television outside of Roy Keane that you just, and he's been quiet, huh? How about that? He's been a little quiet. But he's going to have his explosion. Gary Neville. You know, he's not afraid to, to, to throw it on the players. Now, it probably wasn't well-received from that locker room either. But Manchester United is in big trouble. It's in big trouble. And a lot of people are, right now are just like, you know, let's, let's just concentrate on all the controversies that are going on within the league because, and Manchester United is going to get the, the brunt of that. But, but, you know, Arsenal's still sitting in fourth. By the way, Tottenham has two games in hand, so... Don't get too comfortable at fourth, Arteta. Conte's going to figure it out. So Tottenham's on, on, on the bounce. Arsenal was certainly on the bounce, but I just don't, you know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that they can hold off Spurs because Spurs, they'll catch them. They'll catch them. They do have the quality uh, in their side. And they have some players who are responding to a new way of doing things with Conte. I think, I think his experiences at Chelsea are proving very, very valuable. That he's been through this before. And he knows how, in his limited English, to get, get his message across. Man, it's working. It's working. It is the resurgence of Son and Harry Kane. So look out. Look out, Arsenal. Back to um, uh, Manchester, though. I just don't, I don't think they're coming in the top seven this year. It's going it's to be unless and less, big unless, they can figure out what they do in this transfer window. And are they going to be able to, to figure stuff out? I mean, if you're looking at African Cup of Nations is coming now. I mean, there's a couple of teams that are going to lose some of their bigger talent. It's specifically Liverpool with Mane and Salah leaving. That's a big hit. That's a big hit. And that's a big opportunity for somebody else. 40, I think 40 or 41 players will be uh, making their way to the African Cup of Nations, which is, which is interesting. We were just discussing this in, in the studio. I think it, the entire tournament could last as long as a month. And who, knew, who even knows what the repercussions might be on the, other, on the back end of that with COVID. So stay tuned on that. All right, so we've covered Lukaku. We've covered uh, Ricardo Pepe. DK and the Manchester United scenario. I don't really want to get too far into the, uh, the Chelsea situation. I'm fairly disappointed by Chelsea. And I, don't, I, don't, I didn't appreciate Tuchel's comments the other day. They would be stupid of us to even uh, consider being champions this year. Manchester City looks like they're running away with it. So uh, that last bit of news, if you will, and this is personal because uh, I was the coach of the Las Vegas Lights. My good buddy, Steve Sharundalo, took over that spot. 
after Frank Yollop was there on loan from Monterey. People don't realize that. Frank Yollop works for Monterey. He doesn't work for the Las Vegas Lights. He was never really the coach of the Las Vegas Lights. He was just on loan from a different club because the, the bylaws simply state you can't work for two teams at the same time. It's actually an insurance thing. But I don't even think Yollop was ever compensated by Las Vegas Lights. That's, that's a, a whole other scenario. But in that spin out of, of COVID, uh, Brett Lashbrook decided that he didn't want to pay for anything. So he loaned his club to LAFC. And they immediately hired Steve Sharundalo, who's a good buddy of John Thorington's. Uh, and that's, that was the, the, the sense of it all. Uh, he won six games last year. Six total. So I, this is a lesson to me. I mean, next time I want to get a, a, you know, a promotion, I just got to lose more. That, that seems to be the, the way to go. But good luck to Steve. I, we, we did talk about it before he came in. He was actually the one that broke the news to me. When I was trying to talk to him about the possibility of staying in Europe, he was telling me all about how he was on his way to Los Angeles. But he will be the new head coach. Steve Sharondolo is the new head coach of LAFC, taking over for Bob Bradley. I do believe that Mike Sorber has joined Bob in Toronto because he landed pretty quickly. That's the, uh, the Bradley family reunion. Not only does Michael Bradley there, but Jeff Bradley, the uh, journalist, is, is also in Toronto. So. That must have been a fun Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday for the Bradley family. They are reunited. Steve Sharundalona is now in charge. We'll see what he does. Ante Razov might be sticking around. It was one of the other assistants. Kenny Arena is still there. The Santos went up to Vancouver and then was fired. So, I, you know, there's probably, there's probably the mainstay of the, uh, the staff will stay with him. But uh, this will be a new challenge. You know, this is a guy that that's had some time with Hanover. He was at Stuttgart uh, briefly. He had a very a terrific career, um, but this is um, this is going to be new. I mean, to, to give his overall record last year, he had six wins, three ties, and twenty three losses. I think they came really close this year to breaking the uh, uh, goals against record. So, trying not to be bitter here, but uh, congratulations, Steve. Good luck. I hope it works out for you. <laughs> I know. I'm laughing. I should laugh. I, I, I really shouldn't. But uh, it's, just, it's just funny how, how all this works uh, when it comes to um, how managers are chosen in Major League Soccer. A couple more ones. Uh, Paolo Nagamura is, is going to be the new coach in Houston. Uh, I think I skipped over this last week, but Pat Noonan is the new coach of Cincinnati. You might remember Pat from his time uh, with Taylor Twelman uh, in New England. And Ezra Hendrickson is the new manager in Chicago. So I will be keeping a close eye on those three to see how that all goes. But that's how it works in America. You're, you actually, once you get the job, it, it, here's, how, here's, here's your plan when you go in. You say, I need three years to fix this. So I need a whole year to screw up, so don't fire me first year. That's usually what these guys do. And then what, what the problem with that is when you have some of these teams who don't you know, who are already in the middle of a bad spell. I mean, like Chicago, for example, they need a quick fix. They need to get back on track. And, you know, it, it would be unfair, I guess, in the, in the way that we look at things in this country. It's almost like an NFL approach. You know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's like, oh, you need like four years to figure it out. It's like, what? But that's, that's the, the coaches that can come in, and I'm sure that's not the messaging from Bob Bradley to Toronto. He comes in, he sits down with Bill Manning, he says, I'm going to fix this. And they believe him. Bruce Arenas comes in there with the Kraft family and says, 
we're, we're, we're going to win the whole thing. And, and they believe him. But some of these guys, that the newer guys, you know, I, I, I'm really proud of my friend Jimmy Curtin, who's done great, a great job in Philadelphia. Yeah, this will be interesting. I, I'm going to be watching, uh, specifically, I'll be watching LAFC next year, Chicago, Cincinnati, and Houston. And as always, San Jose. I am still not sold on anything. Almeida does. And I can't beat him up because he had a similar year to mine and a loss in the family. It's hard to focus when, when you have um, stuff going on in your life. You know, that's, and I think he lost his father. Uh, but I still, I, I, even before all of that, I, I, I think it's smoke and mirrors. I think, I think this, this people are seeing things through a weird purple lens right now. And it's just going to be one of those weird things that one day they're just all going to wake up and go, this guy is not that good. He's, he has delivered on zero everything he said that he could do. He's had an excuse for, and here we are, another year of failure. And then they'll finally get rid of him. And I've said this before. I mean, I, I don't think San Jose has an identity at all anymore. They've gone through too many experiments. Man, they went all the way to Sweden, I think, and they, and they came back. That didn't work. It's San Jose. It has its own culture. It has its own way of doing things. And it worked. Why did you change it? They fired their GM. Chris Leach is now in charge. This will be another one, an interesting one. So that those five, I'm, I'm going to watch those five. I'm not really, uh, not really interested in, in uh, getting too crazy about the rest. I do watch the games. I watch all that stuff. Watching uh, the, the Galaxy fail this year. I, got to, I ran into Greg Vanny the other night at the uh, Bosnia game. And Yolan Karowski. All smiles. I'll say, hey, hey, everything's great. How you doing? I'll say, hey, how's the holidays going? Yeah, you didn't make the playoffs. Everybody's <laughs> just acting like, that stuff doesn't happen in Europe. It just doesn't. It doesn't. People get really upset. This whole thing called promotion and relegation. Oh, my God. All right. Good luck, Ricardo Pepe. Really, truly, from the bottom of my heart, I am rooting for you. I am hoping that uh, I'm wrong. But this is, this is where it's, it's, it's going to heat up quick. We're a couple of days away from the first game. Uh, I'm sure they're going to throw him in the deep end of the pool and see how it goes. I am really hoping, really hoping that he finds the back of the net. For his team, of course, not the own goal. Because that is another possibility. Either way. It is going to be an interesting week. Uh, I got to get get on with the rest of my day. I think I have to make up with my wife because I'm very angry with her right now. But this is going to be an interesting day for the rest of the way. I'll have plenty to talk about the next time we uh, we come on the podcast. That's only two days away. Uh, in the meantime, continue to be good humans out there. Love each other, respect each other, accept each other, and be well. We'll hear you next time.